This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for coming to Obsessed with Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, Tonight's podcast is very special. I've been doing this podcast for a little while. I've been thinking about what it needs. And I think what it needs is a lot more fierce, horrible, violent competition. I'm glad you're into that. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to actually have an obsession smackdown. And I have uh, several wonderful guests. And they're going to compete tonight to see who is the most obsessed with their topic. And you, the lovely audience, will decide. So with no further ado, I'm going to bring up my very first guest. She is a singer, songwriter, very funny and awesome person. Please welcome Molly Lewis. Welcome, Molly. Good to be here. So, Molly, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I'm a singer-songwriter and a generally awesome person. Is that what you mean? Gen- yeah, I think it's a generally. I hope it, I, I thought for a second that I maybe I'm said awesome mostly. I'm awesome in a lot of fields, yes. <laughs> yeah. But that would be a horrible thing to say. You're, you're all awesome. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, so the things you said, I guess, okay. are true. I play ukulele and I write songs on the internet. And I... You've got your life down to the same thing that you have on your promotional t-shirt. Yeah, uh, my biography basically fits in a tweet. (laughs) (laughs) That's handy. And there's nothing else that you want the audience to to know about you. Um, I was born on Thanksgiving, and I'm allergic to pineapple. (laughs) (laughs) So keep the pineapple the fuck away from her, people. All right? Yeah, so I I have had the uh, pleasure of performing and getting to know Molly on the Joko Cruise crazies. And (laughs) And the Woodstocks. The Woodstocks and Dragon Con. Uh, And Molly actually wrote the new theme for the Obsessed podcast. And very recently, this is also a very special thing that Molly and I shared. Very recently, I accidentally sent a text to Molly that was meant for my wife. (laughs) And it it was a pretty awkward text because what had happened is there was a rehearsal that was supposed to happen in one place, but it actually had to move to our house. So I had very quickly texted to Molly, sorry, I have to come back to the house. I love you. So not only was it the normal awkward I love you, but it sounded like Sarah had kicked me out of the house. <laughs> yeah, I was, a, I was pretty sure you were not going to come to my house for any reason. I mean, it was pretty clear. Um, yeah, that's and you pretty much immediately, <laughs> immediately said, we're good friends, but I mean, it's not like that. You're, you're great, but I'm yeah. sorry. I think I said that I like you as a friend. <laughs> and then I was going to type, uh, and Jesus, I'm sorry, but the text cut off at Jesus. So then I, I had sent a text. I like you as a friend and Jesus. You hold, I, yeah, I interpreted that as like, well, he must hold Jesus in high esteem. Which I had not. Yes, you're the, you're, you're the same friend level as the Son of God. Uh, and now, Molly, can you tell us what your obsession will be tonight? Um, well, on the whole, I am obsessed with Disneyland, but within that sort of broader category, I'm mainly obsessed with the now-defunct Star Tours ride, um, which was recently retconned and turned into, like, a Lucasified sort of oh, post. Horrible. Yeah. I hate it when George Lucas does things oh, to the things he created. It's in 3D now. It's terrible. Um, and I'm obsessed with the original version, the sort of uncrapped-on. <laughs> All right. We will talk on about uncrapped-on Star Tours. Uh, our next guests are the Double Clicks, and they are also awesome singer-songwriters and generally awesome ple- people. So please welcome the first of the Double Clicks, Angela Weber. Hello. Hello, Angela. And you know, I'm just going to bring up the other half of the Double Clicks as well. Please welcome Aubrey Weber. Thank you. Welcome, Aubrey. Now, I don't, I don't think I have your phone numbers yet. But you can be expecting awkward texts. I am looking forward to that so much. From me very soon. Yay! Cool. So Angela uh, and Aubrey, tell us a little bit about yourselves as, as the Double Clicks. Who are you as the Double Clicks? Uh, sure. We live in Portland, Oregon. We write songs on the internet as well. Um, we're sisters. We're sisters, and in that way, are related to each other. Right. <laughs> So a lot yeah. of shared experiences. Yeah. Right. Do you get asked if you're really sisters? Yeah, yeah, we do get asked that quite a bit. We try to put that out front so people don't ask us later. Because um, I don't know why. I guess I don't like that question. 
I, I asked because I, I have a, a, a brother, and we performed many years together as the Scrimshaw Brothers, and people always, you know, had a real suspicious attitude towards that. Like, that's not your real name. You're not really brothers. And I've never understood people's, like, just suspicion of siblings. Yeah. Well, we're not inherently deceitful looking, I guess. So. <laughs> no, you know that you're competing against one another, not me, right? Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, in which one's older? I am. That's our most asked question. Okay, yeah. so... So, Aubrey is older. Mm -hmm. Okay, and yes. do you mind saying how many years apart? Two and a half. Two and a half. Okay, do you, are these all questions that you get asked and don't like? Oh, no, I don't mind that question. That's fine. Because <laughs> she's older. That's fine. There's nothing that we can do about it, right? I'm the younger one, too. And there's nothing that we can do about it, no matter how hard we try. We can't change it. Nope. So, uh, Angela, what is your obsession? Uh, my current obsession for this, these purposes is uh, city planning and architecture in Portland, Oregon. I'm not I, proud of it. I don't know why I agreed to talk to you about it in public, but that's, that's I, what I'm with. My email must have caught you in a rare moment of honesty. <laughs> yes. Were you, were you like on cold medicine or something when I emailed you? Let's go with that, yeah, Okay, sure. and uh, Aubrey, what is your obsession? I, I'm obsessed with audio engineering. I think I could probably talk about that for a while until people's eyes glaze over. And yeah, it's uh, disgusting. That is the goal of the podcast. <laughs> Can you talk about it long enough to bore the fuck out of people? Yes. So we'll see if that can happen tonight. Uh, and our final guest is going to be a random audience volunteer, and that random audience volunteer <laughs> will be Benjamin Swallow. Benjamin Swallow, please join us on the stage. Here he comes. He's a very nice looking man. Very tall, oh, yeah. He's very tall. He's very tall. Hello, Benjamin. Hi. Uh, so is there anything else that you want the world at large to know about you, or do you just want to be known as Molly Lewis's bitch? <laughs> uh, or boyfriend. Yeah. A B word of any kind. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what else you want to say. I think the obsession says it all. I think the obsession does uh, say it all. And go ahead it's, and share it. It's me, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> My exactly. girlfriend, the mostly awesome Molly Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> mostly, I know, right? Uh, I uh, am a little obsessed with suiting and, and menswear. Uh, yes, he is obsessed with suits and menswear, and this is very, very true. I did a show where I needed rip-away pants, and I said, I know the man to ask. I'll ask Ben. And he, yeah, he sent me an, uh, an email right away with, you know, lots of details, not only about where to get them, but the various, the textures and the tailoring and the colors available. And I did, I got, I did not get crappy, you know, low-budget stripper rip-away pants. I got designer rip-away rip pants. They were like $75 on discount. These were like, really, you could wear these to a wedding. They were nice. But they, they work more than once, right? Oh, yeah, they, yeah, that's the thing. Is that, yeah, they're not these disposable rip-away pants. These are high-quality, repeat-use rip-away pants that I'm not wearing right now. All right. Oh, so disappointing. Okay. So now that we've got you all here, uh, we're going to begin the sort of competition portion. So are you guys all ready to be yes. competitive? Mm -hmm. Is it good that we're sitting this close to each other? or? Yes. Okay. Yeah. If you, you want to make this gonna... a physical assault, you can. Okay. It's absolutely acceptable. Now, audience, remember that you will eventually be voting on their obsession. So before we talk to each of you a little bit about your obsessions, I just kind of want to get a baseline of how obsessed you are with the topic. So I'm gonna ask each of you the same question. So we'll go down the line. The first question is, Ben, do you think about suits and menswear every day? That's an understatement. <laughs> okay, how often do you think about menswear? Uh, he's pinching his nose in a pained manner. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's at least hourly and it's probably a lot more than that. Okay. I don't, am I supposed to, I can well, I mean, act as a witness. Yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. How often How often can you tell by his face that he's thinking about menswear? <laughs> Pretty much any time we watch TV. Like when we watch Downton Abbey, all he sees is clothes. You know? yeah. <laughs> that's fair. Okay, so that's the question. Uh, that's the answer. Uh, and Molly, uh, do you think about Star Tours every day? Um, not so much anymore. It was really, it really put a bee in my bonnet for a while when they replaced it with the 3D 
catastrophe that it is now. <laughs> I'm sorry, could you say that last word again? <laughs> now. <laughs> uh, could you say the penultimate word, smartass? Oh, you... Oh, catastrophe? Yes. Yeah, portmanteaus are also an obsession of mine. Not to the same degree that Star Tours is. <laughs> okay, maybe we'll come back to that. Okay, so Angela, do you think about the city planning and architecture of Portland every day? Uh, probably before I went on tour, every day that I left my house in Portland. Okay. Talk about it. What has replaced it? What do you think about the city planning of other? You go like, wow, Chicago's a mess. Um, I guess comparative city planning. <laughs> <laughs> Fair uh, enough. And also being tired on tour. Yeah, but. yes, that's that's a logical thing to think about on tour. Uh, so Aubrey, do you think about audio engineering every day? Absolutely. <laughs> I suspected that would be the answer. Okay, so now another question for all of you, uh, and I know the answer for yours, Ben. Have you spent money on it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you have any money left? Yeah, oh. but but it's dwindled a little. <laughs> it's dwindling. Okay, uh, and Molly. You've spent money on Star Tours or your parents, right? Yeah, when I went to college, I did not have a Disneyland pass anymore because I was not in the stage, but I did buy tickets to go and ride Star Tours in the weeks before it closed. Okay. Uh, which is a crazy expense. It's like 90 bucks a ticket. Now. Really? For just Star Tours? No, no, for the whole... Okay, for the park. Disneyland. And the, but then you have to pay the time of standing there, And you right? also have to pay like $12 for a bottle of water and stuff. Okay. Angela... Do you, uh, have you find, found a way to spend money on the city planning of Portland? Um, I think just time, but, yeah. I mean. And you pay taxes, right? Time is my Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Uh, and Aubrey, have you spent money on audio engineering? Uh, maybe not my money. She spends my money on audio engineering. <laughs> <laughs> By which I mean the band money, but that's a different discussion. <laughs> but absolutely, I have. Yes. So do you guys have like a shared bank account as sisters? <laughs> Is that not normal? <laughs> I'm not judging. You're from Portland. Portland's different, right? <laughs> I'm fine with that. So yeah, you, you've obviously spent. You didn't didn't you get a degree in audio engineering? Did you tell me? Yes, that? yes, I did. So did that cost money? Uh, it sure it it would have. You guys are like really loose <laughs> about where you spent money. I, I think of maybe on school or taxes. I don't know. Maybe. Okay, and now this question is getting a little bit more personal. Uh, so, and this is something I think about a lot with obsessions of mine in different ways that they can be reflected. Uh, if there were underwear that reflected your interest in your obsession, would you purchase them? So, Ben, if you could buy like boxers that had like a tux on them. Would you buy them and, and share that with the world? I probably wouldn't, but because they wouldn't necessarily fit the particular style that I like. So, so, so I would not buy them because of my obsession. Not, yeah. Okay, good answer, good answer. All right, so Molly, would you buy and wear Star Tours, original Star Tours underwear? Would it be official Star Tours merchandise, or would it be something on like Etsy? Because there's a difference. No. Well, yeah. Let's say official. Okay. Yeah. Because if it was hand painted by some some lady, that would be weird. But if it was like official licensed <laughs> Star Tours underpants, sure. So okay, we're no, 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 now we're learning stuff. So it would need to be official. I just am creeped out by stuff on Etsy. I'm Fair enough. But let's say let's say there are no official Star Tours underwear, and you're going to an underwear party. <laughs> And everybody else is going to be wearing their obsessive underwear, and you found something on Etsy. Would you do it? Now, in doing a podcast about obsessions, have you found out about obsessed underwear, underwear parties? Is well, I might have an invitation? one. I might do a video podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of problems with this question, because why would I go to an underwear party? And why would I advertise Star Tours on myself? What if it was a Disneyland ride <laughs> called Underwear Party? <laughs> I mean, this is tapping into issues with my wearing underpants in public, not my obsession with Star Tours, really. Okay, we'll come back to this. Okay. Uh, okay, and Angela, how about you? Would you wear Portland City planning underwear? I think I would. That sounds fun. Awesome. Yay. I want to see that design. Yeah. Aubrey, would you wear audio engineering underwear? Absolutely. I'd get a U87 right on there. That'd be awesome. I'm sorry, you could you could get a what on your underwear? Would, I would get a, a Neumann U87. It's the most beautiful, expensive mic. Cool. Like the actual mic would be built sure, like, into the underwear? Oh, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> that would be 
would be way too high, qual high quality sound. Why? That's very, very, very wise. Okay. Now, uh, in that was kind of personal. This one is even more personal. Okay. okay so Ben, just get right up in the microphone. Uh, get that microphone close to your your pretty pretty mouth. And <laughs> so. This question is actually a result of a previous podcast. Uh, a woman who's actually in the audience tonight, Sharon Steitler, came on my podcast and she was trying to debate that she did not have an obsession with bird watching because that is actually her profession. And we didn't come to a real conclusion, but one of, one of the arguments she put forth was that if an interesting bird came to the window while she was having sex, she would not stop having sex to look at and catalog the bird. So, in, so audience, keep this in mind as your metric. So what I'm asking you, Ben, and, and put that mic right up in your mouth. <laughs> would you, if you saw a suit, I don't know why it's walking by itself, but let's imagine that it is just walking and you're like, God damn, that's a beautiful suit. Would you stop having sex to go investigate this? I'm also interested in the answer to this question. So think very carefully. Yes, I've got, I've, I've got it. No, you, you've really put me on the spot here. I just <laughs> uh, it's the magic of the random audience draw. <laughs> All right, honest answer. No, I wouldn't stop. Yes, there would be a part of my mind that you would, would start compartmentalizing and processing. Okay, so what you tell me is. You would multitask. <laughs> yes, that's, that's what I'm telling you. All right, uh, Molly, same question. If, if the original Star Tours was back and you were in line and you were about to be next, but you were also having sex, would you stop having sex to get on the original Star Tours I would ride? I'd probably be dragged into Disney Channel before that happened. <laughs> See, just there's like logistical problems with these questions that I have to tackle. You need first. to suspend reality. <laughs> yeah. Know. Well, what if what if somebody like a Deus Ex Machina of some kind came down and said, "We can restore the original Star Tours, but only if you stop having sex right now." Forever or just that at that just moment? that one time? Oh, at that just that at that moment. Yeah, sorry, Ben. <laughs> I need like no, that's a burn fair. sound effect, like I'm doing a talk show, like oh. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty good. Okay, I, but I want an automated one eventually. Anyway, so Angela. Hi, I'm sitting next to my sister right now. How's it going? Yeah. You think sitting next to your sister to answer sex questions is more awkward than sitting next to your sex partner? I'm so scared right now. You're so scared right now. Okay. Well, all right. Well, I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to make the question gentler, but it'll only make it worse if I try to do that. So would you, if you saw... <laughs> a new building in Portland. <laughs> like it's just popping up out of the ground. Like a phallus, maybe. Would you stop having sex to investigate the new building? And it like would wouldn't be there later? Is this Well it's it's so exciting when it's new, right? I, I yeah, honestly probably not. Okay. So yeah. you you would stay committed to what you were doing in the moment and just hope that that magical Portland building would still be there. Yeah. Okay, all right. Remember this, audience. All right, so Aubrey. Yes. Uh, this is a dumb question. <laughs> I mean, most people who do anything with audio engineering are usually smoking pot and having sex while they're setting <laughs> it up, right? This is true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not in that crowd. There are several crowds. And was holding her ear. What, what was the piece of equipment you said? And I, all I can think of is an M80, and I know that's not a microphone. <laughs> So what was what was the microphone uh, you like? The Neumann U87. The Norman U87. Neumann. Neumann it's, U87. It's German. Okay, it's yes. German. So yes. uh, if, if if you could have like thousands of those for free, if yes. you stopped having sex. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Things are expensive. <laughs> sex is cheap to Aubrey. Nice. All right, so I think that really gives us a baseline of exactly how obsessed these people are with their various topics. So now we're gonna talk about the actual topics a little bit. So uh, Ben, tell me a little bit about why you like suits. Um, well, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of the shortest way to- Sure, well to, if it gets long, I'll cut you off. It's yeah, cool, we okay. have four people. Excellent. Um, well, the long and short of it is I, uh, I went through a really uh, 
uh, terrible part of my life. And, um, and one of the things that kind of I started picking myself up with was, was dressing a little nicer. And then, uh, and then I really found that I was enjoying that. And so I started getting more and more interested in it. And, uh, and I actually just also quit my prior job, which was IT related. So that kind of was a huge monkey off of my back. And, um, and I really get into little details and things mm -hmm. like that. And so I just started kind of getting more and more interested in the smaller details of outfits and kind of suiting and, and how clothing is constructed and, and the specifics about it and how to tell and, and sort of this big kind of back world of, well, there's a label on a suit, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's well made. Right. Even right. within a specific label, there are multiple levels yeah. and certain ones are, are made poorly and have a bigger profit margin. And then there are others that may be a little more expensive, but actually are right. made correctly. And, now, and I am going to cut you off because I know that you could tell me everything about suits. It's fascinating because that's not the kind of thing that I think of people obsessing about, but it has all of that same level of minutia that knowing everything about Star Trek does. So, uh, cool. Molly, tell us a little bit about Star Tours. Um, well, it's, I want to say it opened in like 1987. Um, it's the story of, it's like one of those simulator rides where you're in like a box and there's a big screen in front of you and like when you're accelerating, you kind of, it feels like you're going backwards and you know, it's, it, it, you feel like you're in space, kind of. Um, and you're, there's this robot pilot whose name is Captain Rex. I've never been clear on how that is spelled because I thought it was R-E-X for years and someone told me it's W-R-E-C-K-E-S um, and that sort of tells you his, his sort of personality. He's voiced by Paul Rubens. Um, <laughs> he goes, before, like pre-Peewee too. And he's like, hi, this is Captain Rex. I know this is probably your first flight, it's mine too, whoops. And um, you end up- Does it sound like Paul Rubens? He does do the Peewee laugh, just kind of on accident. Before that was the Peewee laugh, you know? Really? And I, I like Pee Wee is also a big thing in my life. My parents' first five dates were to see Pee Wee's Big Adventure in theaters. So wow. Pee Wee plays prominently into my childhood. And so that was also a big deal for me. Their first five dates. First five. They would go to a different place for dinner. And then what do you want to do now? Oh, let's go see Pee Wee again. Like, <laughs> that, that speaks to sort of the, the, the quality of my upbringing. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, and so through sort of comic mishaps, we're supposed to go to the Endor Moon. Um, but instead, you end up in the middle of the Battle of Yavin which is um, at the end of New Hope when the Death Star blows up. And I found out that that is where Star, Star Wars time is marked. It's like the birth of Jesus for them. Yep. And like, it's BBY, yeah. Uh, yeah, events are marked before the Battle of Yavin and after. So it's this pivotal moment in the Star, Tours can Star Wars canon. I see, I mix them up now. And you get to be there because of your bumbling idiot pilot. And, um, and because it's the exact same ride every time, I know the entire pattern just verbatim. So how many times did you go? Um, my mom counted, and between my second and third birthday, I went to Disneyland 33 times. So if you extrapolate that over 18 years, I've been on Star Tours a lot. Wow, so in I've second probably, and third, that's formative. I've probably been on Star Tours more than most people have been on planes, you know? Wow. Okay, so tell, tell me more about, like, what was your favorite part? What lodged in your brain, like, I have to see that part again? I mean, it's, it's like a four-minute ride, you know? It's... <laughs> I thought it was like 20 minutes. Oh no, it's, um, well, because there's light speed, right? Which cuts out a lot of sort of... That's a bullshit <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, you know, it's like, well, let's go to the Endor Moon, and then you go to light speed, and then you're passing the Endor Moon. And he goes, R2, we passed the Endor Moon. And... Uh, yeah, I think that's the logistics of it. It has nothing to do with we need to cram people through this ride as fast as possible. It's just that light speed makes sense, right? Yeah. I think that's what the people in Disneyland decided, right? Yeah, instead of an actual commute to a planet, you go through light speed, and then, whoops, you're in, about... you're in the Battle of Heaven. <laughs> wah, wah. Like, there's a part where you get stuck in the tail of a comet. There's a big ice particle that you, the, the ship gets stuck in. Mm -hmm. Um, you get caught in a tractor beam. Um, you accidentally, then some X-Wings come in and they say, Star Tours, what are you doing here? This is a combat zone. It's restricted. He's off on your main thruster. And you do when you kind of drift out of the tractor beam. Are you still in the Battle of the Aven? Yeah, and then you, you kind of pan down and there's the Death Star and you're like, holy shit. And but is, then, is Porkins there? No, I don't know who actually, there's this guy, I remember he kind of looks like Chris Elliott, um, but I don't remember which character he actually is. Um, Sounds like the worst. I've never been on Star Tours. And to, to tell me, it's Star Tours, it's really awesome, it's four minutes, and it's Chris Elliott and Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> well, because, like, C-3PO gives the safety announcements. Um, there's this lady of with, like, that. asymmetrical That's hair who tells you, like, in just a few minutes you'll be boarding, and, like, her hair is shaped like a soda can, and she's, her head's kind of tilted this way. 
Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it's, it was not a very formative part of my childhood just because of overexposure. There are a lot of things I know verbatim that I shouldn't, but I just watched them so many times. So you went all those times when you were super young, but then did you go Did you go back more as I, you got older? I totally went through a phase in middle school where I was like, Disneyland is stupid. It was all the same rides all the time. Why do we keep going? And then in high school, I realized, like, this is amazing, and there are so many people that only go, like, once or twice in their life, and I get to go every weekend, and that's great. And then I went to college and kind of stopped going because I was, you know, okay. in Washington. <laughs> Cool. Okay, so maybe we'll come back uh, for more Pee Wee Herman Chris Elliott action. Okay, so Angela, uh, when 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 and how did you become obsessed with the city planning of Portland? Um, so I became after college. I got a job as a reporter at a newspaper in Portland, and um, it was a business paper that just covered basically city planning, which uh, people said, "Oh, that could be interesting," with like a pitiful look on their face every time that I told them that. Um, <laughs> And I got into it, and you know there was occasionally interesting stuff. Um, I ended up reading a lot of documents and going to a lot of meetings, um, like city council meetings, and it got really interesting to me. Like I could dig it through a document and find a story that was great, and everyone would be excited. Um, and then I realized that I was digging through documents and finding stories that I found really interesting. That even the editor of my newspaper was so confused as to why I cared about it. Did you find like controversial stuff? Like stuff that reporters weren't supposed to find about city planning? A couple times, yeah. Awesome. Um, but I also have a lot of stories where I would love to tell my boyfriend like 20 times every time we walk by a building that he now knows better than I do because of <laughs> just the frequency that I tell them. So was there one particular like building or story that was extra fascinating to you? Um, well, there's a, there's a wonderful building in Portland that is supposed to be a model of green architecture. Um, that is it's written up in magazines around the world and like Dubai and and as, as this model But I got a personal got a personal tour of it <laughs> pretty proud of that I'm picturing you with the giant fedora that says press <laughs> Yeah, and he has a hard hat on he's an engineer and, um, uh, But uh, I got the inside scoop like for example the wind turbines on top Which are you know the picture is on front of every magazine marketing right. tool for Portland uh, produce about enough energy to maybe power one of the elevators in this like 30-story building. So you found out that the green building was a lie? Yeah. Did you print that? Uh, no, actually. I wasn't allowed to. <laughs> I knew it! I knew there'd be juicy reporter shit. Did anyone get killed over this story? <laughs> I, I need to stop now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that was, yeah, that was uh, still after, once I left my job, that was still, like, at the top of my list, like, they need to get me this document. They said they were going to get me this document. See, I picture you, like, getting the document, and, like, mm -hmm. you know, people are chasing you, and you're trying to send it as a fax to news outlets, mm -hmm. but there's not enough green power energy in the building, so the <laughs> fax machine doesn't work. Yeah, no, I've had that that dream a few times. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, you're, you're busy touring and doing music, so you probably don't work there uh, anymore, right? Right. So, how long has it been since you've worked there? Um, it has been uh, well, since December of last year. So. Okay, but you still find yourself thinking about it. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I, I mean, I don't follow the, the Twitter accounts of documents that I used to, but I, I, for a while after I left that job, I was still reading every, like there's an accidental RSS feed that the Portland has that every time they update any part of their website, you can find it, and I found it by accident. And so, we just read like, "Oh my God, there's a new update on the, the green water uh, um, blog or something like that." This is this is bad news. This is bad news for me. So, do you think that uh, Portland is laid out well in the big picture? Yeah, they they thought about it a lot um, okay. when yeah, they, they put the city together. Yeah, um, it's it's a it's it's a funny place. The so way that things work, but yeah. As you're going to other cities, are you like annoyed? Like I would lay this out differently. No, I just feel bad for them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> which which cities have you pitied? Well, I mean, Portland has the advantage of like only being like two, like twenty years old, basically. I mean, not really, but it's it, they they were able to plan the whole thing out after like cars existed. Yeah. Um. Whereas where we're we're from Boston, which is basically built the way a cow walked sometime. <laughs> yes. Minneapolis is actually a rebel city in the city planning because there, by that time, by the time that uh, Minnesota was a territory, there was a mandate that, okay, enough with the cow cities like Boston. Right. And there was a federal mandate that streets were just supposed to be a grid of north, south, east, west. 
but everything at the time in Minneapolis was based on St. Anthony Falls, and the, the guy who made the original land claim to St. Anthony Falls was like, fuck you, federal government, I'm going rogue, and I'm gonna lay everything out as though it relates to St. Anthony Falls. So there's this, like, the middle of the city is like, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a big mess, but it was like total, like, rebel. That's so, awesome. Yeah, that, that's why we're such badass rebels here in Minneapolis. <laughs> I've noticed that. That's because wonderful. of our city planning. All right. So, uh, Aubrey, uh, tell yes. me a little bit about audio engineering and, and, and when you became okay. obsessed with it. Uh, it was definitely the coolest major at my college. And uh, I play the cello. So I was taking lessons with that. But also, it's like there's these enormous... SSL boards and they have all the knobs and lights and so I wanted to know what the heck is happening with patch base and how I get all these cables to work together and make really awesome sounds and so I uh, I've made a few albums uh, most recently was our album in April I engineered myself which was really awesome it's very fun I did like <laughs> and, and now everything's in the box but I, I remember doing uh, loading the magnetic on the on the machines. I think you're winning a lot of points. We're boring for everyone completely. It, it's not boring. It's the most like like you're talking a foreign language. Yes. <laughs> that proves true obsession. Like I'm gonna make no effort <laughs> for this to be understandable. Yeah, I loaded an yeah, XL yeah. layer into a Jimmy Buffett <laughs> port. And yes. I have no idea what you. So you said it was one of the best majors. So yeah. did you go to college? I went to a musical school where they had a musical every, a musical school. Yes. <laughs> the door sang to you when you opened it. And, um, that must have been annoying. <laughs> yeah, it was. The, the, every every major related to music all the way to music business. And so there you could major in songwriting or film scoring or something called synth, which was just people with uh, Four keyboards sitting in a room and sunglasses that lit up. Yes, that's what you have when you're a synth major. You play with synthesizers. But uh, you I, have that—that's like a stereotype of synth people that they have <laughs> yeah. sunglasses that light up. They—they—it was—it was just kind of an outdated major. They've updated it quite a bit now. Okay, was but this in Boston or Portland? This was in Boston. Okay, why did you guys move to Portland? Because Portland has awesome city planning. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice answer. So, audience, I'm going to give you guys actually an opportunity to ask any questions since you need to make the final judgment of who is the most obsessed. So if, if anyone in the audience has any questions, uh, can I get some lights so I can see people? Does anyone have any questions that they would like to ask anyone on the panel? Yeah. I was wondering uh, on, on the left over there, is there anything that you wouldn't do for a Neumann uh, U87? <laughs> Don't ask me that question. Well, he has, and now, now you need to answer. This is a question of how much you want to win this podcast. So you've already said that of course you'd stop having sex. So what what worse answer is there? I, 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 yeah, I'm trying to come up with a scenario in which I would not. And that's you wouldn't drop out me. of our band, right? No. <laughs> An excellent, an unbelievable answer. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm now going to ask, uh, get a question from Dammit Liz, the producer of uh, the ladies' tour. Uh -oh. Uh oh, I'm totally out of me. Um, I have a question: If Molly, depending on how much time we have, could actually give us recite the entire Star Tours yes. uh, dialogue, I probably could. How long do you think it'll take you? Um, I could do it in double time. I still don't know how long. So it you could do it in light speed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I need somebody to uh, be R2-D2. Can, can anybody whistle? Uh, can Ben, can you make like beep boopy sounds when I point at you? Yes. Or yes, he, go R2 yes he can. Sound. He's going to do that. Yes. Okay, so go for it. Okay. Ben, are you ready? Okay. Hi there, folks. This is Captain Rex from the cockpit. I know this is probably your first flight, and it's mine, too. Well, it looks like we're going to have a smooth flight to Endor, so I'll go ahead and open the cockpit shield. Cockpit shield opens. Hi there. I see you loaded our navigator R2-D2, and then we'll be on our way, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the flight. And then you go up this elevator, and this voice goes, Star Trek 45 elevator platform has been activated. The next final pre-launch sequence. And Rex goes, Roger Control, all status go. R2-D2. Thank you. And then you, these doors open in front of you, and you scoot forward, and the voice goes, SD-45, you're clear for takeoff. Contact departure control at 120.4. Copy, 
And then you kind of move towards, you watch this other ship go this way, but then you go this way. And these red lights are flashing, and the voice goes, 45, you're going the wrong way, stop immediately. Uh-oh, wrong way, brakes, brakes, where are the brakes? And you fall into what appears to be a maintenance bay, and then you swing out sort of to the right, and then there's like this crane thing that almost swipes you, but you kind of dodge it, and there's a window, you fly out there, and you're in space. And he says, I meant to do that, little shortcut, ha-ha. <laughs> lights around, uh, ships around you go at light speed. Ready, R2, light speed to Andor! <laughs> light speed. And then the Andor moon whizzes by you as you slow down, and he goes, R2, we passed the Andor moon! <laughs> now what's the matter? Comets, comets! And there's a comet that goes by, and like dust and shit, and then ice. And he goes, ladies and gentlemen, there may be some turbulence up ahead, make sure your seatbelts are fastened. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he just made a porn noise. Bound, chicka, bound, bound, says R2D2 on Star Tours for two year old Molly Lewis. He kind of made a Charlie Brown t shirt noise, like, wah, 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 wah. Yeah, that's, thanks. And so then there's this giant, there's these smaller chunks of ice, and then there's this big one, and then there's this big hole that you're approaching very quickly, and he goes, I have a bad feeling about this, ah, and you kind of fly through it, and there's this, like, intense sort of glockenspiel laden music, and then you break through a wall of ice, and he goes, ah, sorry, folks. Sure, no, uh, <laughs> oh, oh gosh, it's been uh -oh. two years. <laughs> oh. Uh oh. Sorry, sorry folks, everything's under control and uh, we'll be on our way to the Ender Moon without any further delay. Dun dun dun, Star Destroyer! Oh no, we're kind of tractor beam! Dun 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 dun. And then these X Wings fly by and they go, Star Tours, what are you doing here? This is a combat zone, it's restricted. He's off on your main thruster. Which you do, and you kind of back away, and then you see the Death Star. <laughs> this is a combat zone, it's restricted. He's off on your main thruster. And then there's kind of, you watch like TIE fighters and stuff blow up around you, and then uh, not Chris Elliott comes up and says, Red 24, Red 30, follow me. And Rex goes, okay, I've always wanted to do this, we're going in. And then you follow these X-Wings in, you watch stuff blow up on the Death Star, and then and, um, the X-Wing says, uh, not Chris Elliott says, entering target range, you watch, <laughs> hit the shoot, it's a hit, we did it! All ships jump to light speed. And, <laughs> and just, ready R2, light speed! And then you go to light speed, and then you end up, uh, at um, what appears to be the Ender Moon, but it's not, it's just Disneyland. <laughs> and, and you go into the landing bay, and he goes, brakes! And there's this big um, tanker of gas that you're about to hit, because they have gas in space, apparently. <laughs> and you screech to a halt, and he says, sorry folks, I'm sure to do better next time, it was my first flight, and I'm still getting used to my programming, as the cockpit shield is coming up, and it kind of eclipses his face, and he goes, hey, hey! And then C-3PO comes up and says, we do hope you have enjoyed your trip and we'll come back soon. You may now unlatch your safety restraint by pressing the release button on your left. And oh, we do make sure you have your personal belongings. Thank you. Good night. And the window is open when you leave. Okay. I have two follow-up questions. Sure. Okay, I think I heard a piece of dialogue that was, I've always wanted to do this. Who is saying that? Uh, Captain Rex. So Captain Rex is saying... Has always wanted to blow up the Death Star, apparently. He's always wanted... He's always wanted to tag Team X... X so, so is it that the Star Tours is making a successful shot and not Luke no, Skywalker? No, no, he's like tailing the, the you watch an X-Wing go in and presumably okay. Luke Skywalker, who's not communicating with the Star Tours because he's busy talking to Ben Kenobi, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just chatting about suits. Uh, so, you, so you swoop in behind Luke and you watch Luke you, do all this. Yeah. So what and, and so the whole thing with like all the other X-Wings being peeled off just doesn't happen, according to Star Tours. Yeah, and does Darth Vader get shot? No, not that you don't, that you can't tell the, the you, can't, you don't really see his TIE fighter. It's just a bunch of TIE fighters kind of blowing up around you. And it seems So this like just shits on continuity is what you're saying. A little bit, yeah. Okay. And then the second thing that I wanted to follow up on, somebody else breaks? Yeah, at the, at the very end. Because I think he's, because R2-D2 is the navigator, so he might have charge of the braking system. I'm not actually sure how the ship is supposed to work. I just really like the idea that they're putting forth that, like, X-Wings work like cars. Like, He's Ben could have said to Luke, Use your turn signals! <laughs> to indicate your intent, Luke! <laughs> so is there a sharp stop when he says brakes? Yeah, and there was a guy in, there's a control booth um, behind this, this track where this, it looks like a train car, it's ridiculous, of fuel stops, and then it kind of pushes away. And there's this dude with dark hair and a beard who I always thought was George Lucas, but I think it's just some actor with a neck beard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and what is neck beard? What is he neck gets beard on the phone and is like, oh, these fucking star speeders. <laughs> you can't really see him. He's in kind of a, a booth, you know, behind you. But, but he, he says these fucking star speeders on the Disneyland ride? <laughs> yeah, you see the dispatch. These and, cocksuckers. And there's Get also like here. the whole continuity thing with like, 
I mean, I think it's just a random protocol droid, and it's not supposed to be three PO. But why is three PO a flight attendant on the Star Tours? That right. never made sense to me. Is it is it Anthony Daniels doing the voice? There, yeah. There's a little TV screen where they have um, all these various like what if, what is that alien with the three eyeballs? Uh, oh, Reese. Yeah. Yeah. Because they have um, a safety announcement about. They have a safety announcement at the, at the beginning about like, you know, there's a pouch under here for your bags and this is how the seatbelt works and don't take any flash pictures or smoke. And so they have Reese with this camera with three lenses and this big flash bulb and he takes it down and he's got a cigarette that is just kind of pluming sparks. Really? I don't know why I remember that part so vividly because I didn't pay attention to that. Well, probably because it was polluting your young mind, right? Yeah, and probably because I've written that right Smoking's like 300 cool times. Smoking's cool in the yeah. Star Wars universe. So actually, I, I did have one other question. So. Were you watching the films when you were two to three years old, or was it just you thought the whole thing was this ride? No, I, I had we had the the box set with um there was like Vader on the whole thing when you put right. it together, um, and then I went for a long time without watching it, and I, I had to write a song recently that was in three parts, and I was like, oh yeah, I'll write a song about Star Star Wars and the three movies, and I got them on DVD and realized, oh wait, I haven't seen them since Lucas crapped on them, and so I didn't watch them. And that song ended up being about the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. So <laughs> that was the They're obvious similar, alternate. Similar narratives. I'd rather so. write about the assassination of the president than the craft on Star Wars. Apparently. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So we are going to move on to this. This is your chance to really try to win the podcast if you really want it. So I'm going to give each of you 30 seconds. And in your 30 seconds, this is kind of like your closing statements. In these 30 seconds, you can either tell the audience a little bit more about your obsession and why you are the most obsessed and why you should win, or you can use your 30 seconds to attack someone else and tell us why they shouldn't win. So for example, Ben, you could attack Molly yeah, and say- That seems like a really good idea. It, it really does. I know where you sleep. Yes, I know. So Ben, are you ready for your, your 30 second final statement? Not really. Okay. It started. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, great. Um, I think the best thing I have to say is that I have um, I probably have 30 suits. Um, I have uh, maybe at least another 10 sport coats on top of that. Um, I, uh, and I'm still collecting stuff. I just, I actually came out for a part of the tour and took an extra day so that I could go somewhere in Chicago to have a, a suit made to measure. Uh, well, I know we talked about yeah. that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I have seven different seersucker suits. Um, one of which is a, is a tuxedo. Sorry, seven different seersucker suits. Sounds like it should be a song from like Oklahoma or something. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is actually. Um, oh, it really is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, and I, uh, I've lost track of shoes too. Um, but uh, again, it all kind of ties into the. Yeah, that's. I'm gonna stop now. Okay. I'm a little embarrassed. There's no reason to be embarrassed. There's no reason. You're a well-dressed man. You Thanks. always look nice. Hot. Hot. That was not, we. I asked the audience for questions, and I got a statement. Okay. You're Thanks. hot. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm going to give Molly some time to breathe since <laughs> she just did the star tours. And I will uh, move on to Angela. So Angela, in 30 seconds, why should you win, or why should someone else lose? Great question. Um, <laughs> I remember when I was a young child uh, driving in a car with one of my uncles and thinking how boring it was that they would tell me the history of the town we were in. Um, and then I remember becoming that person and riding down the street and saying, it's really interesting that they don't require parking in this zoning for because this building, I mean, they're going to put it in, the neighbors are going to protest, and there's going to be a conditional use hearing, and it's, it's going to get ugly. Um, and realizing that I may just be talking to myself in a car. So uh, I guess I'm not proud of it, but that's what I have to say. That's great. That, that, well, that, yeah, that to me is very true of uh, you know, talking to a lot of people on the podcast. It's this very sad reality that usually when you start a sentence with, this is really interesting, most people will stop listening. <laughs> because they know you're going to launch into something like, oh, Jesus, here she goes. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, Aubrey, uh, are you ready to make your closing statements about audio engineering? Um, sure, I am. Absolutely. Yes, I've, I've stopped trying to explain what I'm doing inside the box. April will sit next to me and said, all right, do the thing. And I, I sit together and I will edit all the audio and uh, make sure everything is EQ'd 
EQ'd properly. I actually have met George Massenberg, the inventor of the parametric EQ. Wow. Is, yes. I would be impressed if I knew what you <laughs> were talking right. about. <laughs> yes, you would. Absolutely, who would. Yeah, he doesn't get recognized on the street very often. <laughs> but he knows he's a big deal. Did you, did you see him on the street and then shout his name? <laughs> No, oh, no. That's it. <laughs> yeah, right. If they were underwear with his face on them, would you buy them? <laughs> you haven't seen his face. <laughs> Don't send this to him. Okay, uh, he's he is older than my dad. Okay, so it's yeah, let's go there. Anyway, um, this has gotten strange. <laughs> yes, this has gotten very strange. Older than my dad's kind of a relative term. <laughs> Oh dear. If you need to seduce a fellow audiophile, though, that's how you know. <laughs> that's right. That's the first. That's, that's my opening. One of the line. later tests. Hey. Hey, are you older than my dad? <laughs> <laughs> I have several M80 microphones at home, man. Big daddy. They they do think it's hot when I know what a, a, a fort. AKG 414 is. Uh, yeah, that was hot because it sounded like a gun. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ashamed. Mm -hmm. All right. So, is there anything else that you would uh, like to add about your obsession? About the audio obsession. Uh, it, it bugs me when the audio is not great, mm -hmm. but I try to keep that to myself. No, she, honestly, she yells I, at people. I, the, she the yells rage, at sound people. The rage all the time. goes deep inside. Yeah, of it's me. really ugly. Yeah. Okay, Molly, please <laughs> make your closing statement about Star Tour. Um, well, the. I didn't, it's one of those like you don't know what you got till it's gone kind of things, but um, the Star Tours as I know it um, closed down in 2010 and it got replaced with this thing where I don't want to say there were like 30 something different planets and you get randomly sent to two of them. And so like they're still like, oh no, TIE Fighters, we gotta, oh, we gotta get out of here. But like the, that whole narrative is gone and the whole being stuck in like basically the Star Wars birth of Jesus, um, that's not, that's not there anymore. And it, in like 2010 is, it, it lasted a long time considering what Lucas has done to the movies. Mm -hmm. And I saw it as kind of the last stand for like original practical effects Star Wars. And so it really hurt when they closed it down. And that's when I sort of realized how much it means to me. Aww. Yeah, so I, uh, what, oh go ahead Ben. I was just gonna interject and say we actually went to Disneyland at one point when, when we went back uh, to visit my family and, and we walked past the Star Tours area. I was like, do you want to go on that? And she was just like, fuck no. <laughs> She's very serious about it. So what's di what what's different about it? Is it just that it's different that it bothers it's in, you? It's in 3D now. Oh, bullshit. Um, and there's like, and it's, it's, I don't know if you're supposed to land on this planet and then he fucks up and you go to a different planet or what happens, but it's, and I understand that they seed in the more popular planets, so you're more likely to visit Hoth and you're less likely to visit Bespin or some shit. Um, That's bullshit. Right? And, and so you can go like a, you know, a number of times and end up on Hoth a lot, which is just snow. It seems really shitty. And so <laughs> it just kind of, it sort of takes a dump on like the importance of narrative and, and just the, the, the significance of that moment in Star Wars, in Star Wars history. I don't know why I'm saying like Star Wars history as if it, it matters a bunch, but, but it does to me. I'm, I'm laughing that it takes a dump on narrative. I understand what you're saying, but I, I for a moment I just pictured it on you're the poster for Star Tours. Like, it's yeah. in 3D! It takes a dump on narrative! Come see Star Tours! More narrative dumping than ever! <laughs> okay, so audience, while you think about your determination, uh, I always end the podcast by asking people some very serious, pompous questions. So I'm going to ask you each a very serious, pompous question. Uh, ben, I'm going to start with you. If you had the superpower to shoot something out of your hand, what would that something be? Pants. <laughs> <laughs> I, let me clarify, because I would need it to shoot it at people who wear utility kilts. Okay, so when you saw a geek Sorry, at a convention guys. with a utility kilt, you would shoot pants onto them. Not only would the pants come out of your hand, but they would be tailored and they would land on the new Dillikilt person. Yes. Okay. Jesus. Well, All right. That's amazing. Okay. All right. Uh, so, Molly, are you ready? Maybe. If you could have a functional ukulele made out of any substance in the universe, what would that substance be? Meat. I would have a ukulele made out of beef jerky. Excellent. I have no follow-up questions. 
Uh, Angela, mm -hmm. if someone made a statue of you, what would your pose be? Uh, oh, wow. Oh, gosh. Where um, would you put your hands? <laughs> uh, I pro probably live long and prosper, I think. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, uh, Aubrey, if you could ride a dinosaur, what kind of dinosaur would it be? Lucky? <laughs> Oh man, I only get one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would totally ride a pterodactyl. That would be awesome. Wow. Yeah. So you, you want to fly. also get flying, yes. Right? This yes. Is, I, I'm just enjoying this picture. I think this should be the cover of the Double Click Next album. <laughs> Angela yeah. is a statue, and you're riding over on a pterodactyl. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. OK, now we're going to go down the line. This is always the hardest question for everyone, but it's a question I ask everyone. And Ben, we're going to start with you. What is happiness? Molly Lewis in kitten pants. Woo! Very good answer. Very good answer. Molly, what is happiness? I actually had a moment recently where I was at my house. I was in a love sack. I don't know if you know what love sacks are, but they're great. Um, it was a school night, but I graduated college in June, so that's not a problem anymore. And I was setting rabbits on fire in Skyrim with a sleeping cat on my lap. And that was the happiest I've been in a very long time. Excellent. Angela, what is happiness? Oh, wow. Um, I, I enjoyed watching you giggle like you didn't know what a love sack was. Just, I just wanted to say. I, I just thought out of everything on this podcast that no one has bothered to clarify what the hell they're talking about. I was concerned that you guys, you guys know what a love sack is, right? I think more people know when what a is than know who Chris Elliott is. When you go to your obsessed pajama parties, you'll find one. <laughs> awesome. All right, Aubrey, what is happiness? Uh, flying on a, on a pterodactyl. Aww. Right? I know, but it's kind of sad. Because it's never happened. Pterodactyl and kitten pants. Can we just establish now that happiness is kitten pants in general? Anybody in kitten pants? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think anybody wearing kitten pants kitten. never get utilicals. That's just disgusting, right? <laughs> utilicals are fine, though. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, so audience, I'm going to determine who won the podcast based on your applause. So I know it's, it's horribly harsh, but you can only applaud to the person who you feel actually won. So for those of you who believe Ben won the podcast, please applaud. And that was good. And for Molly. And for Angela. And for Aubrey. I think Molly won by a woo. So ladies and gentlemen, Molly Lewis is the winner of our podcast. Thank you very much for coming to Obsessed. Take it away, theme song that I wrote. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Obsessed.